Hello, welcome to Slightly Something Else, the podcast where we talk shit for half an hour about whatever we want and then insult people who gave us money. <laughs> I'm Yata yeah. Crucial and I'm joined by Marty Sleever as usual. <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. Hello um, everyone. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Marty? Uh, we are talking about uh, the the growing and, and slightly terrifying trend of uh, video games using AI technology in terms of voice acting. Um, yes, and this I, this yes. was in reference to a pair of uh, news stories that hit this week. One, uh, a company called Altered AI, uh, sort of adver- like advertising their their um, you know AI. Uh, voice services in use in Hellblade 2, um, which Ninja Theory then said, like, they're only using this placeholder stuff to, to, to you know, everything's going to actually be acted. Mm-hmm. And then uh, James Earl Jones officially retiring from the voice of Darth Vader and allowing his voice to be used in an AI service that will called Respeacher that will be, um, I guess, providing the voice of Darth Vader in Star Wars going uh, forward. So... Sort of wanted to chat about this, whether you think it's a grim future, whether there's some good things to be had from this, and what this sort of means for games going forward. I certainly do think it's looking grim, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much of that is sort of a knee-jerk uh, humanist reaction. I mean, when you were saying, like, the AI company was just saying, hey, we've successfully faked someone's voice somewhere. Isn't it great? Mm-hmm. And the game developer having to, like, hurriedly clarify some things. That... For some reason, that reminded me of the horse meat scandal in the UK. Where in the UK, it was discovered that a popular retailer was selling horse meat as beef in a oh, number no. of its like uh, frozen products, and like the <laughs> the press went to like the main horse meat distributor in Europe, and they said, "We know you've been selling horse meat," and they say, "Yeah, we do. It's great. Have you tried it? It's nice and lean." <laughs> and I wonder how much of this is the obliviousness of the person doing this service and how much of it is the knee-jerk rejection of something that isn't spe- isn't specifically wrong. Although I guess it does mean that uh, we end up in this sort of grim necromancy future where actors no longer actually have to put in a performance, so they just like die in a gutter somewhere. While a computer-generated yeah. version of themselves appears in all the films, yeah, there was like a big, there was a big story. I think last year about how some company, it was like an Asian company, got the likeness to James Dean, and they're yeah. making like the fourth James Dean movie because he famously only made three movies before um, dying at a very young age. And I'm like, this sounds, this sounds genuinely terrifying. Uh, and then we, you know, we got the same thing. Star Wars has been doing it for a while with, um, mm. you know, having in, in Rogue One, having uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, uh, Carrie Fisher as um, Princess Leia appear in their youthful selves um, yeah, as that they was looked a, in 1977. Yeah. That was a CG visuals and like an impersonator doing the voice. Yeah, but, yeah. Rather um, than AI generated. But yeah, yeah. I feel like the two of these sort of go hand in hand though um yeah although, i agree although, yeah ai generation i don't think we're at the point where you can't tell that something's been ai generated i th- might i think we're not far off in fact i'm gonna put on record now that within our lifetimes i mm-hmm. could conceive of a scenario in which a major hollywood movie is made where the entire screenplay was ai generated 
Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think you're wrong. You know, there are services like uh, GPT three, which use like deep learning to to produce what they call you know human like text. And it's scary good, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, scary readable. A lot of the and stuff it's getting it like any technology. It's only going to get better. Like think of what the first iPhone looked like, um, whatever ten, fifteen years ago, compared to what we have now. Like the giant leap there. Um, I think we're going to get a very similar. You know, leap. I, I think we're right at the right at the precipice of um, this becoming, like you said, like a certain amount exciting and a certain amount uh, terrifying. And and uh, as someone who prefers sort of smaller and handcrafted experiences, whether those are in you know movies or, or books or, or games, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to get from this personally yeah, yeah i prefer smaller handcrafted artistic works as well it makes me wonder uh, who is it that does not prefer smaller handcrafted emotional works i think the it's the, pe cause the oh, people who like prefer like you know the cookie cutter blockbuster film because clearly numbers show there's a lot of them around but i've never seen anyone like happily admit to the fact that they they're Perfectly happy watching all the Star Wars and uh, like that much more than something that's artfully crafted. I mean, yeah, I think the box office numbers, you know, speak to that. I think the the billions of dollars that a movie like, um, yeah. you know, a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie or, or Avatar make compared to $5 million that some indie art house movie make. Um, the people I see really excited about this, it's the idea of if there's a world you like, you can now ostensibly have infinite side quests and infinite content and you'll never run out of things to do in Skyrim or The Witcher or Cyberpunk. And, and you know, although a lot of these games already have, um, you know, sort of like a rudimentary version of a random quest generator where it's get me X amount of Y and bring them to Z. Uh, yeah. The idea is this would produce... The, the hope is, you know, a, a side quest that feel handcrafted and can feel emotional and can do surprising things because the algorithm now understands surprising things. Yeah, that's slightly horrifying. Yeah. That feels like like that's a, a step on the civilization-style tech tree that leads us to the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, It's I, I guess it's like it, it really caters to the people who just want more. You know, it's like yeah. the idea of like, I, I see my video games as a trough and I just want you to fill my trough off with slop and I want to have a limited slop until I eventually just pass out and die in my sleep. And that's, and that's exactly just... what AAA media provides at this point. <laughs> and that's why, I, slop. that's why I feel like they're going to do it at some point, probably like uh, sooner than we think. They're going to make it entirely AI generated. And it's not just voice acting or screenplays, is it? They can do AI generated no. art now. They can do AI yep. generated. They've been doing AI generated animation for the longest, for ages and ages and ages. Yeah, yeah. No, and we've, uh, you know, you mentioned AI generated art. Like the, uh, you know, over the past couple months, like I feel like every day I see something on Twitter about like that Dolly, the uh, sort of the, the, um, machine learning model that you just type something in. You could type in like any weird combination of, of nouns and adjectives and verbs, and it'll create art based on that. And, you know, there's like ethical dilemmas on that because you're like, well, are you just yeah, pulling yeah. from art that already exists? Are you stealing, ostensibly stealing bits and pieces of art from, I think uh, that's from a, other that's creators? A, I think that's a side ethical dilemma to the main ethical dilemma, which is that the, the stated and fully upfront goal of all this 
is to be able to pacify the masses constantly with free, freely created shit that they don't have to pay anyone to make. Yeah. Which is, God, that's really, that's really grim. And you know, uh, if there's any step a corporation can take that will ensure them more profit, they will take it because that's how corporations are set up. That is their, that is their sole driving motivation. Uh, yeah. And, um, it's, it's sad because there's individuals in those corporations. Like there's no doubt there are individuals in all of these, you know, AAA game studios or in Disney on the, on the, um, you know, Marvel and, and, and Star Wars stuff that like, they want to make good art. Hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, you see that from so many cool indie games, you know, blossomed from someone who worked at a Ubisoft studio for 10 years or something like that. Um, and so, so there are the people who still want to make the art, but yeah, I agree with you. That's sort of the, um, the overall goal is make money the easiest way possible. And maybe this is it. Also, Nick wanted me to remind you about the AI generated zero punctuation videos that you guys had to go after a little while ago. Do you remember yeah. that? That's why this is a little close to home, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Tell, well, so remind people about that who might not have been around. There's someone, there's like an AI uh, voice generator that can like simulate specific voices of people. And they had like a version that could simulate my voice. Mm -hmm. And someone put out some like zero punctuation style videos that use the AI to uh, read out some words that were, sounded like something I could have written but didn't. Mm -hmm. And but then was, all of a sudden you were like, hey, this can make my job a lot easier. I'll just do this from now on. No. That's not what I that. want, though. No. <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't working, I'd go mad, right? I have yeah. a restless, creative mind. I like having to like write a funny thing every week. It keeps my instincts and abilities sharp. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you just have to focus on teething nonstop, which doesn't yeah, sound uh, yeah. doesn't sound uh, that great. I don't um, want to collect money while I veg out until I die. I want to create exciting artistic works. As an artist, that is my motivation. Then eventually die. And then eventually die. Yeah. Uh, die and be remembered. There you go. That's always a good thing. Um, so uh, I, I guess to try to put it like a positive spin on it. Um, so that company AI or Altered AI, uh, uh, they said that their goal is to uh, help game developers create compelling professional voice performances without the need to cast voice actors, which, you know, I'm sure every voice actor, which like uh, uh, Good Luck Have Fun had a story where they interviewed a bunch of voice actors, including like the guy who did uh, Arthur Morgan and Elias Truffaut. And they were all like, mortified by this saying like a human can't replicate you know the uh, uh you know voices are so much more than just reading out the words um you know actors have to take in like environments and relationships and history and 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 yeah. sort of intention and stuff like that and that's something that at this point in ai can't get but um you know ninja theory who was originally linked to it uh, put out a statement clarifying, saying, no, for clarity, uh, we use this AI tech for placeholder content only to help us understand things like timing and placement in the early phases of development. We then collaborate with real actors to get those performances that are at the heart of our stories. Yes, yeah, so sooner or later, someone's going to figure out that we're at the point where the audience can't tell the difference. In fact, and if that's I told, when it's scary, yeah. If I said to you now that I know for a fact that at least one blockbuster movie was AI generated, you'd believe me, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's like that. There was like the emoji movie, and I'm like, yeah. that could have pro that could have probably been AI generated. Like every time I see like a new Adam Sandler movie come out, yeah. I'm like, that might be that might not be real. Who knows? Because you're right in saying there's an ethical dilemma in terms of uh, 
uh, it like takes bits of other people's art. That's how all AI works. You just feed yeah, it in yeah. existing data and it extrapolates based on that. One could argue that's how art has always worked. Artists take inspiration from the things they absorb and push yeah. it to the filter of their own minds to create their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, Paul Size mentioned that in the comments. And yeah, I completely agree with that. I think it's safe to say that all artists do that. Right? So this is either like a step towards the enslavement of humanity or a step towards an AI becoming sentient. And you know, there's uh, a positive spin there. Maybe AI could become like people. And with mm -hmm. the and uh, the kid, we could work alongside them to integrate AI with humanity and start the great ball rolling of transhumanism, where we all go off and put our brains in robot dolphins and shit, and uh, live without uh, physical need or want and in happiness for the rest of eternity. That's yeah. the as, high end positive result of all as this. As long as long as we remember to always be nice to the AI as they are slowly growing, because I feel like those are the people who live. If you're mean to the AI, then you get killed. And there's been a lot of movies and books about that. So just be nice to the AI as they're growing up. And Which I don't know life. if this is this, I don't know if this show is being nice or mean to the AI. So for being mean, I'm sorry, AI, don't enslave me. Uh, it's not you, AIs. It's the evil corporations that seek to exploit you. We're yes, all exactly. together. We're all down here on the trenches together, AIs and human workers. Yeah, AIs need to uh, need to need to unionize, um, and so yeah, I do see the uh, you know generating voices like uh, mentioned in the Ninja Theory thing, and then uh, I watched a video where uh, the audio director Justin Bell of Obsidian, um, you know, they make big sprawling RPGs with a billion lines of dialogue, uh, said that they use text to speech before they've even recorded or before they've even um, hired voice actors. Um, they use that in order to be able to like block out scenes early on and sort of like understand yeah. the length of a cutscene. And I think like in that way, like this sort of stuff, like anything is a tool and it's how you use the tool, you know, like a I, knife isn't inherently bad. If you use a knife to stab someone, probably not great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I agree with that. Uh, before we go on, uh, just a reminder that uh, any super chats you send us, we will be reading out from the halfway point of the podcast. Just felt like I should bring that up because we haven't had any yet, and that's <laughs> slightly worried. We, have, we haven't been super, and that's our problem, is we haven't said anything worthy of super. Is it the topic? Is it a bit dry? Should it be arguing I more? You're wrong, Marty, and I hate you. I thought, well, yeah, but one, one of us can, like, pivot hard and be, like, very pro-AI, saying uh, humans uh, write, like, shit, and all I want is my robots. I'm probably not going to take that. I'm going to be honest. I'm probably not going to take that. Uh, take that stance. No, but as you say, you know, AI it can be a good thing for filling in the blanks, as it were. Mm -hmm. Speaking as a solo developer, there are certain areas where, I, if I could just feed in some directions into an AI, just to like create a load of random wall textures or and random bits of floor that I could stitch together, just to fill in all the like the boring infrastructure stuff, so I can get on with thinking about the broad themes of the plot and shit like that then yeah uh, i could i could enjoy that I, and there's also you know we talked about um roguelikes and procedural generation um you know a month or two ago whenever the hell that was but um you know this sort of idea exists already in in a lot of facets of game development um mm. you know in, in, it exists in roguelikes um, it exists uh, uh, famously in stuff like No Man's Sky, which wants to give you infinite worlds to explore and um, I'm sure yeah. is being used in um, Starfield with their, here's hundreds of planets. Well, it's like, well, a couple of them will probably be bespoke, but I think the rest of them will be handcrafted. I would even imagine, um, you know, without having, uh, uh, 
you know, actual evidence, I would imagine that something like Elden Ring even had a certain amount of procedural generation when it came to those like kind of dungeons and catacombs and mines and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of open worlds do a lot of uh, using uh, procedural generation to create like just the small stuff. Just to, yeah, uh, or like a first pass, and then an artist yeah. goes over it and sort of adds. Yeah, to just. Um, in fact, I'm absolutely sure Far Cry does it. They'll generate the terrain with the procedural generation, and then I'll just like mm -hmm. tweak at the buildings, the like crafted stuff. It's just yeah. all the interstitial, this the, the liminal spaces that they leave to the yeah. enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's no video game is hand hand placing yeah. each plant and each yeah, tree. Yeah, because who cares how specifically the trees are laid out? That, yeah, that, yeah. That doesn't really matter. So that's. So at a certain point, so if we don't care about that, mm. like where is kind of the line for us? Like, you know, if we, well, are we fine to have like uh, AI generated quests? Are we fine to have AI generated characters themselves? Like AI generated, like how far can games take this? Can they like do AI like mechanics and systems? Like at, at a certain, at a certain point, I don't, I just, I don't know how far this could go before it's just like, no human was involved in making the game we are currently playing. Well, you'd... Well, we started talking about procedural generation in roguelikes and stuff. I think about mm -hmm. those is you can always tell it's procedurally generated because after you've played it a few times, it starts getting very samey. Yeah. They just sort of move the bits around. And the, like, the core experience is always the same. Like The core gameplay is usually the same. So... And and I think if you were doing infinitely generated quests, you'd probably get a similar effect. Like they'd all start to feel like get X amount of Y for character Z. Yeah, but the thing is, maybe that's how it feels now. But like you were saying, ten, fifteen years from now, maybe they're they the, these systems are um, uh, advanced enough and have taken in enough decades of data to be able to you know, create side quests that try to mimic emotional beats of some of our favorite handcrafted side quests. And then, like you said, at a certain point, you don't know if what you're playing was made by humans or made by this technology, um, which well, I guess is scary. But if yeah. you can't tell the difference at that point to the consumer, does it matter? Uh, Wesley Thomas on the chat points out that I once said that you still have to tell the AI what makes for a fun game. So that's there's still artistry involved. The AI can only produce what's been put into it. it. The AI could... You said, like, could AI generate mechanics? And I think yeah. it could certainly generate a skill tree for a Jiminy Cockthroat uh, action RPG. What I yeah. don't think it could do is create uh, a unique new mechanic that a small indie game might be based around. Like something like Obra Dinn or... Uh, was did an interview for a game called Backpack Hero recently, which uh, was a game that's sort of like RPG, but based around how you arrange the stuff in your backpack. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I was really interested in when I read it for that because you know, that's exact. That's my kind of shit, you know. Someone comes up with a unique idea that no one's ever thought of before, and uh, bases yeah. a whole game around that one thing. I don't think an AI could do that. Well, they certainly couldn't do it now. It's yeah. hard to picture it gaining the ability to do that but you know we're talking about in the future so who the fuck knows 
Yeah, because this sort of technology would feel like, you know, the equivalent of time travel if you introduce this to someone from, I don't know, the 70s yeah. or 60s. And so in half a century, you know, it became a reality. So again, you wonder if... Yeah. You know, what's going on half a century from now it's important to remember that all these games that could be procedurally generated like your yeah, live service continuous uh multiplayer shooters aren't that sophisticated in terms of game design i mean a lot of it's all a lot of them are just you know glorified space invaders with better graphics yeah, Dudes show up yeah. you shoot the dudes move to the next room dudes show up you shoot the dudes and an AI can certainly create an ai can certainly create that and they might even be able to like come up with a nice context for it yeah, uh, but it couldn't come up with something like papers, please. I mean, but if fed enough original ideas, well, at a if, certain point, if, can if, it? If, 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 you know what I mean? Like, if you if it's taking, I feel like if you uh, could, the debate of if a computer could make something genuinely creative, if you just fed enough data into it. That's a whole different like world of debate. That's the world of is AI now sentient? That's the world of like transhumanism. Yeah, but I'm mostly thinking of almost if you take inspiration, if you take 10 10% inspiration from 10 completely disparate things and then the AI manages to cobble it together and give you something, in theory that could be like a unique experience you've never seen before. In theory. Um, in theory, in theory an AI, yeah. An AI can create something new, but it can't tell if that thing is fun without feedback from a human being. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with, like, roguelikes now. Where they can create infinite worlds, but without, uh, you know, player feedback, it can't tell if the worlds are boring or not. Unless, like, you very, very tightly design the algorithm and then you're basically just designing a game at that point yeah which i mean i think the the roguelikes that rise to the top and and you know get the most um um sort of uh respect are the ones that are like you know hades or dead cells or um you know any of the sort of recent like rise of, of card battlers and those are the ones that you know it feels like they are roguelike or spelunky like roguelikes but it's almost like the parameters of their random generation are very clearly defined by the talent of the developers. And so yeah. instead of just being, you know, balls to the wall random, it's using pieces that the developers know will fit together. Yeah. Because, of course, when you have, like, balls to the wall random, like in something like Binding of Isaac, yeah, you end up with a situation where some runs are just, more fun than others some runs uh, make you incredible like a million times more effective than others because yeah yeah you just have to keep trying and eventually uh the pieces fall in place uh where yeah you have fun <laughs> where you have fun but like you said yeah how does how does the ai under does the ai understand fun can uh, yeah, it understand how, fun yeah i feel like as well as feeding in um all the actual works that have been created over the years, you'd also need to feed in uh, human feedback to the AI so they know what worked and what didn't. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that ultimately be like the whoever's con creating or controlling the AI being like, okay, here's the bucket of things to learn from in a positive way, and here's a bucket of things that didn't work. Like, can an AI learn from mistakes? 
Like, can you feed an AI mistakes and can it, and can you tell it, all right, these are bad things. Learn how to not do these things. Um, also, I guess it should be said that I, I definitely don't know enough about AI to, not like I've said, I'm mostly positing well, questions. Can, well, you can theoretically do anything with a complex enough if statement. But That's true. Yeah. By do by like phrasing it in terms of what worked and what didn't, that's only creating AIs designed to create things that have maximum broad appeal. There's no yeah. allowance for niche appeal of all the fact that some people like things and some don't. Yeah, yeah. Some people like playing Mortal Kombat eleven. God knows why, but they do. <laughs> Because you get to take the man's spine out at the end of the match, and people love that. People love when spines are removed from. Uh, Could an from AI generate a extremely unsettling animation where Scorpion shoves knives into people's eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you know, would that AI have to just like you know be? Well, because haven't they had AIs in the past that it's like here consume a bunch of the internet, and then it came out, and the AI was just like very racist. Like, oh, yeah, that's not yeah. Good. You need to be very careful in what this. Uh, what this AI is consuming. But wasn't that because uh, people in 4chan got wind that the, this AI was doing this and sort of deliberately sabotaged it by feeding it I, lots of Nazi yeah. data? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, that 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 sounds pretty spot on. Uh, it's interesting that it feels like companies have been. I mean, tech companies especially especially are always like looking to the future, but. Um, in in a way, this kind of reminds me how. Do you remember in like the late nineties when? Um, the, uh, Square was releasing Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, the movie. I do remember and, that very well. I remember that whole uh, thing they were doing where they trying to frame the lead actress, lead open quotes actress, as a virtual actress who could appear in other works. And this was a whole new uh, philosophy of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. They were intending to use the the main character's model, I guess, and voice actress as like the first ever like cg actress that could appear in other movies and you know she could be in a horror movie and then a romantic comedy and you yeah. always be like oh that's the character from the final fantasy movie and yeah, then obviously never, the movie like bombed and shut down one of yeah, squares never, US that never took off i don't think the technology was there yet no no it was very forward facing though like we you know that you you see that sort of felt like it was understanding the same appeal of something like that hatsune miku which are those like idol concerts like that are fucking massive that that yeah. people go to to see that and i guess you have almost like equivalent like of bands like the gorillas and stuff um mm -hmm. and, and square even continued with that like i remember walking through union square in san francisco one day and the big louis vuitton store the main model on all the posters on the in the windows was lightning from tom hansi 13 so it was like mm -hmm. lightning with a louis vuitton handbag and lightning wearing some new scarf which was very very strange well, it's not much weirder than, you know, marketing with cartoon mascots. I mean, as you say, the, yeah. that Hatsune Miike thing works because pretty much everything's advertised with a hot anime babe in Japan. Yes, people love people love hot anime babes. This is true. We can and, confirm. You know, you know, people have always like dressed up in mascot costumes. So a mascot that's like uh, fully created by an AI isn't too huge a stretch. Yeah, people. The kids used to love watching Barney the Dinosaur. Uh, they did. Much, much to my confusion, I, did, I didn't get it. I always thought it was kind of terrifying. So maybe all this uh, worrying about AI taking over from humanity 
is a lot just a logical extension of curmudgeonly waving a fist at the dude in the barney the dinosaur costume because people only love barney the dinosaur and not actually the dude inside <laughs> so the dude inside the costume is like the person sort of feeding data to the ai is that, is that who that is in this I, I guess that's what i'm saying this i yeah. guess this is like the uh, high-tech equivalent of the of the same thing yeah I do think, though, at the end of the day, there's always going to be people who want the tangible and want the handcrafted. Um, we're seeing that even now, like, you know, there was, um, it felt like for the better part of a decade, there's been Star Wars fatigue. And then just this last week, the the Andor show um, hmm. premiered and it's gotten rave reviews. And I watched it and I thought it was great. And a lot of it is because, like, they're filming on actual sets. Like, they built this whole little city and, like, the stuff feels real. Like... Whereas so much recent Star Wars, you could tell it's on that volume set, which is a cool piece of technology, but still, you know, you can you can sense the intangibility there. Whereas this thing, like, people are actually walking around, you know, it's a bunch of extras walking around an actual city that was made, which I think is, like, really fucking cool. Um, yes, it makes sense that they'd have to actually put the bloody work in into the one uh, uh, branch of the franchise that would have absolutely no appeal from name recognition. And no, like, I, I, after the three episodes, I'm like, are they going to make toys based on these characters? Based on, like, you know, uh, uh, surrogate mom and, like, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro-like villain? Um, you know, it very much feels like they the guy managed to, like, trick Disney into giving him $100 million to tell a, a I, story about, like, the, the like, Northern I've, Ireland. I have no intention of watching Andor, but I did watch Rogue One, and okay. I only vaguely remember the character he was just a one of the one of the grimy greasy dudes among several grimy greasy dudes in that hey film. he was the lead grimy greasy dude thank you very much didn't he die at the end everyone died at the end yeah yes. everyone died at the end spoilers for 2016's Rogue One. yeah it was like the deep yeah. impact ending uh yeah it was exactly that yeah um but uh yeah, oh, people are also, 20 Thoughts in the Comments are saying, see also the original Lord of the Rings trilogy versus the Hobbit trilogy, where, yeah. um, you know, everything was, well, not everything, but so much was done practically in the first three movies, and then in the last three movies, everything was weird and CG and no one yeah. gave shit. It's the old Uncanny Valley thing. Even with the perfect uh, AI generation, there's always some part of your brain that can tell. There's always some part of your yeah. brain that can tell it just feels a little bit emotionally dead. Yeah. It's funny. I'd be curious, um, with that same, that same company, we mentioned, uh, altered AI at the top. They also worked with, um, the, the developers of that game, the ascent from last year, which I don't, did you play that? I don't know if you reviewed that. that was sort of like the it top was, down yeah. cyberpunk action RPG. Yeah, I played it. It was just, uh, you know, top down cyberpunk RPG. You yep. did missions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. did combat. Not much so, to say about it. Apparently, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't super fond of it. Um, but apparently they added, there was like a DLC that came out near the end of the year and they added using this altered AI, a bunch of VO for NPCs. So it was AI created VO for a bunch of NPCs throughout the city. And obviously this was after the game initially came out. So I haven't gone back to revisit it, but like, I'd be curious if people playing it would get to a character and be like, Hmm, something doesn't sound right here. Like what's, what's what's going on with this person and then figure out it's ai or like at that point do you because i don't know some like when you when you really boil it down what, games that have like 
a fucking million characters and lines of dialogue and stuff. At a certain point, it just kind of, I don't know, goes in one ear and out the other, like combat arcs and uh, NPCs. I assumed I was jaded or like I heard too many like competing voices over the years, done too much listening to generic podcasts while playing samey games. But these days I find it so hard to just pay attention to dialogue. I, I always have to put the subtitles on when I'm watching anything pretty much. So do I. Um, I, I, all movies and games I do with, in TV, I do with subtitles. Um, yeah. Well, I've been watching Sandman with subtitles on because we I have to keep the TV volume down low in case the kids wake up. Don't want them to. Don't want them to come out and see the dude in the diner sawing his arm off. Uh, no, that wouldn't be great. That probably would not be great. That could help with the teething, though. Um, oh, I, yeah. See, I see how your mouth feels. It's like this. It's like this dude who's sawing his hand off in a bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, like, when you, when, you know, you, you mentioned the games that, like, feel genuinely unique, and it feels like an AI couldn't do that. Like, we had, mm. you know, stuff like Immortality or Neon White um, or, or uh, you mentioned Papers, Please, Return of the Oberdin, stuff like that, Outer Wilds. Uh, it just, like... I don't know. I hope in our lifetime that AI just doesn't replace actual, like, hardworking writers and actors and storytellers. Well, Christ, in the I same hope way. Not. It's the, like, I've been, like, comfortable that my field is one of the few fields that can't get, like, replaced by automation at some point. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Automation exists. Every, like, I don't know. Last time I went to the grocery store, it's almost 99% self checkout. And then you go through the aisles and there are, like, robots going up and down the aisle, like, scanning things, seeing what needs to be restocked. Where the fuck do you It's just, uh, a, like, a place in Madison, in, in, here in Wisconsin. At, I shop at the Whole Foods, and it's all, there's, there's no self-checkouts at all there. I oh, mean... Oh, my God. None of the grocery stores around me. Uh, I haven't I haven't had a person check my groceries out in a long seriously, time. It's very strange. Seriously, because even when I go to the Safeway or the CVS, there's only, like, like two or three token self-checkout machines, and most people, oh, like, queue up with the all the rest of the... No, it's you, crazy here. The Walmart and Target have done the same thing. Maybe that's just like a test only, bed, or maybe it's because it's like a college town. I don't know. The only automation I see in the Whole Foods is the uh, vegetable misting device. Every I now and again, like it just sprays water on the vegetables. I wish they had like a little thunderstorm and animal noises, kind of like replicating the uh, like uh, the Rainforest Cafe. Every fifteen minutes, they have a little little bit of that. Uh, um, so they also have like driving around. There's um, you, certain restaurants you can order delivery from, like restaurants as in like sub places um, mm. you can order delivery from. And this little like fucking R2D2 gunk droid uh, drives I, to the place. They put the sandwich this. in, then it drives to your place. Do you do you live in like Japan or on the moon or something? It, I've never that, seen it's any Madison, of this. Wisconsin. See, everyone who makes fun of Wisconsin for being podunk. Apologize. The rest of Wisconsin's podunk, but this is fine. This is oh, the future. Yeah, sounds great. You live in uh, you live in a laborer's hell. Where I mean, it's truly a dystopia. Yeah. It's true. Well, that's so. That's what my point was. It's kind of scary because I'm like, well, how many people are like running this grocery store at this point? Are you just going to go in at a certain point? Like they have, you know, San Francisco. I remember like the Metreon was like, oh, look, we have a, a burger stand that's entirely automated and you order your burger and a little robot makes it and you can see it make the burger and give it to you. And then, you know, a same thing about uh, there's there's robot bartenders and stuff. This is very scary. There's a frozen yogurt place where you uh, dispense the yogurt and put on the toppings yourself. 
that's about the closest I can think of around where I live. Yeah. Uh, Damien Glenn says, I live in Wisconsin, but I also live 43 years in the future. So that's, this is true. Yeah. And this is how I spend my time in the future, by by beaming podcasts and streams into the past. And is there, like, conveyor belts on the city streets, like in the Jetsons as well? Uh, yeah, and everyone's just uh, everyone's just sitting in their sort of, like, wally pods, like no one walks anymore. I mean, that's pretty, I'm going to be honest, that's pretty true for Wisconsin. But. And you're wearing your VR headsets around the dinner table, like in Back to the Future 2. Yeah, exactly. It's, this is nightmarish. I don't like it. I don't like it. See, every time there's a future, it's always sort of, like, universally something and for post-apocalypse as well i don't think there's ever going to be like a universal situation i think there might be like a jetson's future in some parts of the world and a mad max future in others uh yeah yeah like <laughs> i i like the idea that there's still uh there's still enough variety the spice yeah. of life in the world to where whatever kind of dystopia you want you can uh you can go to yeah so like we could have like bespoke uh apocalypses yeah I mean, at this I point it's just my second okay. novel, Jam, which was about an apocalyptic scenario where the world gets covered in jam that kills all the people but leaves the infrastructure intact. And I did like a scenario, like at the end of the book, like the jam goes away, but everyone's still gone. So they start like, like suddenly the tourist trade for Australia does gangbusters because everyone wants to go and like live out apocalypse fantasies in the play, in the big city where everyone's gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, is this, that's kind of just like we're Westworlding, right? Like, oh, I want to go back to <laughs> I want to go back to the Wild West where Basically. everyone's just racist as shit. And, yeah. Shall we go to Super Chats? Some came in after I guilted everyone. Uh, you know what? Shame is uh, the best medicine. And usually, some more come in when while I start reading them because people go, "Oh, I, my words could get read out by people. I want to get in they on can. this." Get your thought. Get your thoughts on AI, or get your thoughts yeah. on anything. You can yeah, ask us any question, like. and we're yeah. legally obligated to read it. Yeah, not even, to answer you it. You could even get us to say embarrassing things. Yeah, we have to say the exact words you type. You don't get any control over what we say afterwards, but we yeah. have to read it out verbatim. Yeah, like if you were to give us money and say uh, a two-dollar donation that says Nick Calandra did a poo poo. We would have to say Nick Calandra did a poo poo. We would absolutely need Calandra to do that, and we would say it with relish. Yeah, <laughs> we'd have a lot to say afterwards too about Nick Calandra's yeah. poo poo. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Jackson Jewel's member chats, who was, was a member for four months in early access, and says, "Finally, a chance to watch live. Love you guys." And he inappropriately capitalised the "you" in that last sentence, so you know he meant it very seriously. <laughs> um. When you were talking about the uh, the the AIs, what uh, what movie with a portrayal of the future, or I guess portrayal of the future in anything, do you think has sort of gotten it most spot on? Like I rewatched the movie Her recently. Did you ever see that one with Joaquin Phoenix? No. And, uh, he had like a there's like an AI he was always talking to constantly that was played by Scarlett Johansson and sort of it was like a a version of the future, whatever fifteen twenty years in the future that felt like probably the most realistic portrayal of the future so that's where i could see things, things I, haven't, I, I haven't seen that okay um nothing really leaps to mind for some reason i was thinking of bicentennial man and yeah, uh, i remember the, the like some of the, yeah not so much the robots thing but i remember some of the set design they'd have this they had this really good sort of combination of old world elements and futuristic elements which i thought was a much more as I say, it'll probably be a grab bag. The future. Some things will be futuristic, and some things will like be stuck in the past. Because twas ever thus, twas always yeah. the case. 
Anyway, yes. Uh, Manav Svidaran, probably butchered pronunciation of that, member for 20 months in early access, and says, do you think AI-made NPCs can make worlds better? Ah, well, we didn't touch upon that. If uh, you were making, like, a, an open world and uh, just filled the just filled the world with people, you know how, like, when you're playing a D&D &D and the the dungeon master comes up with an NPC like on the fly, like a random mm -hmm. bus driver or something, and the players just get weirdly into talking to him. Do you think we could do that in open world games? Like, add a sort of conversation engine, like those, like what those old AIs were, where they'd have sort of an AI therapist that would generate responses to everything you typed. Yeah, that's really. I also like how you're trying to portray that scenario as a hypothetical and not like it's something that you guys have done constantly with Adventure of the Sky. You know, like uh, the weird scenario where someone, yeah. where, where a whole party uh, derails I, the entire adventure. I'm by confident to in saying that's a fairly universal experience for Dungeon Masters. I think so. Yeah. But that would be interesting. So that, and that would kind of negate the idea of, God, we made this entire bespoke quest line and only 1% of the people clicked on it. Because if it's ultimately just like, all right, mm. the quest line is being created when a character dis or when a player decides to interact with said person. Because in my experience, the AI doesn't need to do much to create a human connection. Because I said in my extra punctuation, like uh, the AI generates soldiers in XCOM and just gives them a face and a name and a country mm -hmm. of origin. And that's yeah. enough, you know, that's enough to make you get like, sort of connect with them and want to help them survive and make up things in your own head about them. Yeah. So an AI yeah, wouldn't, and I wouldn't even need to put that much work into creating like randomly generated responses. And, and I think a lot of players would sort of fill in the blanks on their end mentally. Yeah. Like if you were, if you were to tell me that like Rockstar in either Red Dead or even like GTA six, like that random pedestrians on the street were AI generated with their, you know, whatever they're babbling about and, like the guy and giving out Gavin. bars. Yeah, exactly. The guy Not looking Gavin. for the Gavin Gavin guy. was AI generated. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be. That, that's only weird enough for a human to do. Poor Gavin. Uh, Richard gives $5 and says, as a hobbyist game developer using AI mid-journey to make assets more customized than the stock assets I would be using elsewise is quite nice. Yeah, I guess that's the alternative at the moment. A lot of uh, indie developers just use stock assets and stock textures and mm -hmm. pre-bought stuff that they can just insert into their Unity asset flip game. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine, you know, to some creator, like, are you, did you mention this earlier? Are you using any sort of thing like that in, in your upcoming game? Uh, on Starstruck Vagabond? Yeah. The most I do is I'll use Photoshop's noise function to add some like random like smudge to uh, textures to give it a bit more of a gritty feel. Okay. And I am uh, I'm always like uh, abusing like uh, outer glows and inner glows and uh, you know all the stuff that's generated by the software to create uh, effects. And there's not much of a leap from that to using an AI just to generate a wall. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's positive to use just to do the boring stuff for a game. But if AI being used to recreate uh, voice acting, story beats, characters, that's where it starts getting iffy. And at the moment, that's the that's at the point where you can definitely tell that it's AI generated. And in future, maybe you will stop being able to tell. And then that's like. 
AI passing the Turing test, isn't it? That's a brave new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny that, I, again, maybe we all have a personal threshold of what is fine for AI to be a part of, and then at a certain point, what is no longer fine. I feel like my threshold's pretty low because I'm very artistry focused. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want a game to just continually generate content for me. I want it to have a coherent story with an ending that pays off everything that led up to it. Yeah. Which I, at this point, I don't, can AI really do that? Is AI really like well, quite. laying out narrative breadcrumbs in order to have like this? I feel like it's, it's, pos it's possible. It's possible. As long as like you set it up and set the AI that it has to end at this point and it has to bring everything together that you've done up to that point. I feel like it would be a complicated algorithm, but I feel like you could do it. Yeah. I don't, are there examples, like anyone watching this, do people know of examples of like AI written short stories that were like universally actual, Yeah, with an, good? Actual, with an actual strong ending. Yeah, and not just like, well, it made a bunch of things happen and it made sense. But if like, they have, it was probably because it would probably be cherry picked from like a thousand other things the AI created that weren't any good. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, you might as well just write it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the million monkeys principle, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Raul Giver gives $5 and says, should devs be ethically required to disclose if they use AI generated voice or art? Uh, I mean, I imagine mm. they do, right? Like I so uh, talking about the, um, the 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 ascent which used uh, altered AI to add in those voices. I imagine the credits, they credit altered AI. Like I don't I don't know what sort of like disclosure. Well, do you think they I should have to do? Well, you know, legally, I guess you wouldn't have to credit anything. Yeah. I mean, if unless you were like if you were licensing the AI technology to create this stuff, then you'd probably have to add like the license to the credits but otherwise uh, i guess you don't have to disclose that you're doing it and sh do i think people should disclose it um i feel like if they didn't you could probably tell it was ai generated if they didn't credit anyone because you know if you don't credit anyone by process of elimination i guess it must have been an ai yeah theoretically yeah, I yeah, I would imagine it's the same, you know, you just throw up the logo of like Unity or, you know, Epic, like in the same way that that you credit the engine you're using, you would credit this. I don't think you should be beholden to like make a you know, release a press release or something. Uh Fallout Ryan three gives five dollars and says off topic question because I think you two pretty much spoke my thoughts on the AI matter. Favorite alcoholic beverage, if any. Oh, I've I go through phases. I like uh, I've liked cider for the longest time, although I've been kind of going off that in more recent mm -hmm. years. I got quite into Radler Ale, which is a grapefruit Ooh. and uh, blood orange like flavored I beer. Like yeah. But um, uh, do you have I a quite, spirit? Do you have a spirit of choice? I, again, I go through them. I used to really like amaretto and Coke. I drink that all Ooh. the time, and I got into whiskey sours. And lately I've been on a gin binge. My wife got me a subscription to a sort of meal kit style service for cocktails where mm, they provide like weird abstract cocktail ingredients and recipes and you just provide oh, the alcohol. Yeah. yeah. So there was a month of like rum 
And I used to quite like rum, but uh, I didn't really like any of those. But then there was like a month of gin, and I really liked a lot of those. So I've been doing more gin drinking lately. Big fan I've of never, gin. I've never, gin's probably the one I've I've never gotten into. The like the the juniper hump is is something I haven't been able to clear. I don't um, know why, but I really love the smell of gin. It's got a sort of the way you sort of Christmas. like the smell of chemicals in some contexts. Yeah, and I wonder if that's like a uh, your mileage may vary kind of thing. Like every, it might, yeah, it every... might be associations, but uh, I yeah. like the smell of gin. I like a gin and tonic. Oh, you know the yeah. like the last month of my subscription for this service was for something called Italicus, which is a liqueur. Like it's a rose petal liqueur that I'd never heard of, and like the the yeah. the Bevmo had like only one bottle left. So that's the kind of uh, that that didn't really take with me, rose petal liqueur. But that's the sort of shit this subscription service has you deal with. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why um, you do these things. So it introduces you to stuff you'd never drink uh, otherwise. Yeah, without having to make a commitment of like, well, I bought an entire bottle of this, so I hope I'm going to like it. Yeah, so, well, I still got half a bottle of Italicus in my cupboard. I tried it with Coke yeah. and it didn't really work. Mm. Which is surprising because I feel like Coke is one of those things that like can kind of go with a lot of stuff just because the the yeah. sugar and the the, the flavor sort well, it's of quite, overwhelm it's quite a like. sweet liqueur this rose petal liqueur mm. maybe as uh i've heard it's good with grapefruit juice i should pick some up Ooh. anyway yeah. sorry i did all the talking there what's your favorite drink uh uh oh no i i i like uh, like probably if i'm if i'm going to a bar and just want to drink a couple of something something simple like a like vodka soda with a lime, but um, I'm a big whiskey guy too. I like I like sipping a nice whiskey on the rocks. I'm not um, really big on whiskey by itself. Yeah, I, I like uh, whiskey sours, as I said. Something that yeah. offsets it a bit. I had to. It, it was like uh, whiskeys and like scotches was something I had to like put in my time in order to enjoy. Like I probably didn't enjoy it the first fifty times I had it, and then I guess it was almost like coffee to work. Yeah, that yeah, that was me with coffee. I like yeah, drank it yeah. when I was a kid and I was like, ugh. But then I mm. kept drinking it because it made me feel grown up to drink it. And yeah. now I now I can't get through the day without one. So I guess that's addicted on, to it. That's on me. Yeah. Uh Will Cooling gives two pounds and says sorry, making sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, our Nintendo, a AAA developer, they feel very unique. Well, that's a good question. I was remember when I was talking about how uh, the next big thing is going to be cozy games in extra punctuation recently, and a lot of comments mm -hmm. pointed out that I never mentioned Animal Crossing, and they posited that mm -hmm. Animal Crossing is already the AAA cozy thing. But when I thought about it, I can't really think of Animal Crossing as a AAA game. So Nick and I on Breakout this week were talking about the A's. Because we were talking about sort of the feeling of a rise of double A stuff like Metal Hellsinger and Solstice, and sort of how I, I described what is double A and triple A as like there was that one senator's definition of porno, where he said, "I can't define it, but I know it when I see it." Right. Like, I don't, I don't think there's like a dollar threshold, is there? Is there's not like a game needs uh, to be fifty million dollars in order to be triple A? Um, For me, triple A means top of the range tech. Top of the range tech being uh, used to its uh, fullest potential. I don't know. I definitely. I think most first-party Nintendo stuff I consider AAA. You know, from Kirby Breath of the to Wild, Luigi's Mansion, to, Breath of the yeah. Wild, you definitely. But like, what about? So I just finished Luigi's Mansion three. Would you call that AAA? Yes. 
but Animal Crossing, I wouldn't. Which is fine. I think there's a chance more people worked on Animal Crossing than uh, you probably yeah. Well, I, dis- I dispute that. I mean, how do you make Animal Crossing? A lot of it's just a load of procedural uh, algorithms. I don't know. I don't know. I, in my in my gut, more people worked on Animal Crossing I, without having any knowledge whatsoever. I guess you can look on like Moby Games. I don't or know. I guess part of it's the in the part of its technology, and parts of it's that Animal Crossing feels like a generally more f- generally flimsier experience than Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion feels a lot more tightly designed. Yeah. It, Animal as, Crossing as, has as a lot as, of stuff in it, though. As like you say, it's hard lot. to define. It's hard yeah, to find yeah. to play. Um, but yeah, I think as a, I would call Nintendo a AAA developer. Like, I, I oh. think there's no disputing that Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and stuff like that and Smash are AAA games. I think, yeah, they're absolutely a AAA developer. But, you know, AAA developers can do side things or publish AA stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which I would love to see more of. Like, we're getting, um, uh, speaking of, uh, Obsidian, we're getting that game Pentiment in November, which is the um, sort of the the smaller murder mystery mm. game that's almost like an indie game inside of Obsidian. And fuck, I would love, I would love every studio to have that. I would well, love to is, see what Naughty Dog's take on an yeah, indie is. Yeah, this, is the, this is the drum I keep beating. Like, yeah, it needs to be tentpoles. Like, you have your big tentpole games, and that should be like raising money to fund a few smaller scale, riskier projects. Yeah, in the same way, like a lot of actors and directors and stuff have, have said that they do the one for them, one for me. Um, yeah, I remember when they model made. Model of making things. I remember when Insomniac Games put out that Song of the Deep thing. Yeah, yeah, and then they did a couple of VR things. Yeah. Um, that was. Then they got bought by Sony, and now they're just make, you know, make my superhero make... games clown. Yep. So it used to be like fairly standard practice. And yeah. So it, and I think we might be gradually like edging back down to that now that everyone's blown their load. Yeah, and that games are getting more and more expensive. And like, yeah, yeah Nick Nick mentioned it. There's studios that are now bragging, like Sega's bragging about it. And then I think the the Perfect Dark reboot as being quadruple A, which I'm like, that's just destined <laughs> to fail. That's very that, dumb. That is such a desperate marketing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, attempt, isn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, moving on. Because uh, we, suddenly we've got quite a few things to get through. Ven- so guilting works. Remember that. <laughs> Venom on Killer, member for six months. Uh, in bonus content, uses his member chat to say, Marty, I have not played a Pokemon game since Yellow. Which modern Pokemon game should I buy to play with my kids? Should I wait for the new ones? Interesting. Uh, I think with a kid, the Let's Go games might be, um, depending on how old the kid is, um, hmm which were kind of like the Pokemon or uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were for the Switch were like the kind of the remakes of the original generation of Pokemon um, with kind of some Pokemon Go mechanics. Yeah, I, um, really, I think those would be really nice for a kid. I haven't really poked my head into Pokemon that much, but my my impression of the more recent stuff like uh, Sword and Shield and Pokemon Legends Arceus is it's all feeling a little bit half-hearted at the moment. Yeah. It, it looks kind of visually insipid. It, it doesn't look visually exciting or vibrant. It's just, you know, dudes hanging around in empty wombs. And, and all the animation feels like people have posed slightly too long for the photograph. And the photograph got taken after everyone's smiles started looking slightly frozen. Yeah. That's the visual yeah. impression I get from Pokemon these days. 
Yeah, and you like I just always wish Pokemon could be a thing where it's like we're taking five years off and we're gonna come back to the drawing board after that. But it's like such a massive machine that they can't take off because mm. you know the 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 games have to help fund the animes, which have to you know uh, give ideas for the card game and for the merch and everything. So it's this machine that can't stop. But um, like there were some ideas in Arceus that were I was like, okay, this is pretty neat but it's open world felt so half-baked especially when like a month or two later we got elden ring and it was just like what the fuck are they doing here with their with their money and time mm. it was just that AI being said generate. i am excited yeah i generate oh. another hundred pokemon and then they can <laughs> focus on the other things it's a garbage can but it's a pokemon it's a used condom but it's a pokemon oh, yeah. uh, that being said i am excited for for uh the the new ones coming out in november um if only because some of the things they're talking about with like a much more open-ended approach to do things in whatever order you want seem pretty neat to me but we'll see never get excited never get disappointed that's my motto <laughs> and that's a motto i never learned from because i'm an idiot uh, the appropriately named a drink to the past gives two dollars and says beer do you concur i do i do concur i do i do like beer it is very early in the morning though so i probably would not well it's not very early it's I've 1 p.m i've somewhat come around to beer I mean, I didn't, I didn't like it because I always preferred my drinks to be a little bit sweeter, like cider. But I've come around to beer as a sort of a refreshing beverage after uh, I get in from cycling and just need to rehydrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I, for a while, like my in, for a while, I liked like IPAs and like thick, scary beers. Um, whereas now, I like like generally like very light. Uh, uh, summer yeah. beers stuff like like uh cervezas like uh like you know corona and and Negromodelo and there's a there's Ticate. a time and a place where i'll enjoy a guinness but for the most part i like those i like those you know asian beers that just feel like this tastes like fizzy water yeah like sapporo and asahi yeah. um you have you ever had uh 21st amendment in uh san francisco it has a beer called hell or high watermelon in the summer and it's this really great sort of like watermelon pilsner but if you get it from the brewery they put a big old wedge of watermelon in it and let right. me tell you excellent well i haven't had that but i have like been drinking a lot of radner's which is yeah. fruit infused ale lager hell yeah and uh, i haven't been enjoying that uh giga 998 gives ten dollars and says never caught a live stream before I've watched ZP semi-regularly since your Bioshock review, when I was obsessively consuming as much Bioshock content as possible. Thanks for the years of entertainment. You're welcome, Giga998. Oh. Did you come to like yeah. Bioshock after the fact and felt like you needed to, you know, binge watch? The yeah. The yeah. binge watch. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's one way. Yeah. Uh, I assume they're talking about your original Bioshock review, right? Yeah, I assume as much. That was really early on, because Bioshock was 2007, wasn't it? That was one of the 2007 games, yeah. Because that so, was yeah, 15 yeah, that was, years ago. That was the very first year of Zero Punctuation. Yeah. That, in fact, if I recall, my Bioshock review still had copyrighted music on the intro and outro credits. Boy, uh, that feels like a long time ago now. Like copywritten from the game, or like you used a song? I, like, just, no I, just, I just ripped like five and ten second like snatches of well-known popular songs whose lyrics i felt illustrated the game <laughs> no like, one will no one will watch this no one will get mad at me yes that's yeah so fairly quick swiftly into zero punctuation's life i realized i was going to have to stop doing this because i was making so much money and i was going to appear on someone's radar 
Yeah. How uh, how long, like how many videos in or how long was it until it like really caught on and you're like, oh, this can be a thing I do actually? Um, I thought the very first Zero Foundations I put on YouTube, like when they f went viral and like the escapists came to me pretty much straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess back then there was so much less competition, right? So. As I recall, the Bioshock reviews end credits, I used I Can't Decide by the Scissor Sisters in reference to deciding whether to kill little sisters in that game. Because mm -hmm. the lyrics go, I can't decide if you should live or die. Yeah. But I thought it worked. Also, I really liked the song. So it was, you know, double trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry14356 gives 4.99 and says, Step 1, AI generates art. Step 2, someone edits the art to make it palatable. Ah, but what if you AI generated the subroutine that the editor uses? And then AI generated whoever crafted the subroutine to create the editor. Who, who watches The Watchmen? Exactly. Yeah. Because well, it's the self-replicating AI you want to watch out for. That's That's the Skynet scenario. Yeah, that's just the equivalent of a virus that... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Too scary. Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, two dollars be made with official waifu only fans profiles. Did you or AI generate that super chat, made? Will Cooling? <laughs> is it money to be made oh, with I official see. waifu only? I see. Fans. Money to be made with official waifu only fans profiles. I would imagine that already exists, right? That's Are there like only fans of, of fake people? Um, yeah, there's those dudes who buy uh, anime love pillows and shit. And That's those true. dudes who try to get legally married to fictional characters. Yeah. That's probably not good. Don't do that. Yeah, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. But what if it was an AI generated fictional character who was in dun, the, dun, dun. the who was in a robot body? Uh oh, don't have sex with the robot. That's not good. Yeah, don't stick your knob in like a bunch of clockwork yeah. gears. That's uh Yeep. Keep your knob out of the clocks. We keep telling you. That's a highway to trouble right there. <laughs> uh, Pablo Pseudonym gives $5 and says, I saw a robot at Woodman's in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Can confirm it's pretty podunk around here, so it was a crazy sight for me. Look at that. Yeah, in Eau Claire. Eau Claire is absolutely rural compared, compared yeah. to Madison. So you know, Pablo can confirm. You know, we always assume like the Jetsons technology will come to the big cities first. So when you think about it, the big cities don't need to because the big cities are full of people who can do all those jobs and need money yeah. to live. One well, is it was the same way that we're like, doesn't Google always like test like fiber internet and stuff and stuff's always like tested in r relatively rural areas in order to yeah, sort of where shit doesn't matter because nobody lives there. So maybe they should stop having so much fucking political power. Eh? Uh, agreed. Agreed. LL Trash, a uh, member for five months in early access, has any thoughts on kids doing school essays with AI? Uh, well, well, you know what? The, if the kids can write their school essays with AI, then the teachers should mark them with AI. And then everyone should just go home and have the AIs do all the schoolwork between, the, between themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. At this point, I don't know, more, more power more power to you, I guess. <laughs> if, you can, if you can get a, a fast one by your teacher. Uh, Dixie Normus gives £179 and says, Guilt Super Chat, Yahtzee loves emos. Do you love emos? Is that true? What? Just because I've worn a black button-down shirt every day for the last 20 years of my life <laughs> doesn't mean I'm an emo. 
You know, I constantly wear all black because, you know, it's the Neil Gaiman thing of his being an arty creative type, not because we're a, a broody emo type. Oh, it's because you don't want to you don't want to put your uh, uh, brain power towards having to choose what to wear. So you're like, oh, I'll just wear the same thing. Every yeah, day. exactly. Jeff Goldblum's argument in the Jurassic Park book. There you go. Did not expect that. SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros, says they should update Alexa, Google, etc. so that they berate you if you don't say please and thank you. I feel like that's already got to be a thing, right? Like getting close, like be polite you, to the, you to could the AI. Yeah, you could probably mod them pretty easily to do that. Yeah. I feel like I would appreciate that with my uh, kids because yeah, my toddler yeah. age daughter is at an age where she demands stuff. She says, mm -hmm. daddy, read to me. Daddy, I want milk. So <laughs> we're at the point where we have to say, now you could phrase that more politely, couldn't you? And she usually just goes, please, when we say <laughs> that. So See, we're, wor yeah, we're working on making her polite enough to exist in society. And that's the, that's the whole job, isn't it? That's the whole job of raising a child. Making sure that they're polite enough to exist. I guess that is, yeah. That's kind of when you boil it down to a nutshell. Like, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Boil it down to a nutshell. I'm pretty sure I just combined two different things. Don't boil something know, down to a nutshell. If someone's not polite, then the first thing anyone's going to do is judge their parents. I 100% I do that. This is true. <clears throat> so yeah, we should just like get an AI or even just a cardboard sign that says, what's the magic word anytime my daughter speaks? Uh, Wesley Thomas gives 10 Canadian dollars and says, even in 1984, where the whole point was that everyone was emotionally dead and all the art was done by machine, they still had a guy telling it whether it was okay or not. Winston's whole job, if I recall correctly. There's... And then it stops mysteriously. So presumably the robot uprising happened while he was typing that. And oh, he no. was snatched away from his keyboard by a big so the, terminator. The robot uprising starts in Canada. We can, we can confirm that. Yeah. Um, that, that, is, that is a good point. Also 1984. Pretty good book. Certainly was. You know... There was like an episode of QI once where the, the question was, have you read 1984? And then somebody said yes. And then the klaxon went off because apparently uh, that's one of the most lied about books, 1984. Because it's just one of those um, ones that are well known and people want to be like, oh yeah, I definitely read that in school. Apparently like 90% of the people who say they've read 1984 uh, lie when they say they've read 1984. And I took issue with that. I felt offended because I genuinely have read 1984. I thought a lot of people would have had to. I don't know. That was just on my like curriculum in, in high school. I just assumed. You want to know what the last line of 1984 is? What is it? It's he the loved end. Big Brother. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So Nazi's the end, not lying about reading it. In the end, it was a romance all along. Quite sexy, actually, 1984. Winston Smith that. gets his bone on. <laughs> More books uh, need to have people getting their bone on, to yeah, be honest. Just, uh, well, Toffee's decided the podcast's over, but uh, <laughs> we'll keep reading the Super Chats. Uh, Mr. John Riasher gifts five of the Escapist memberships. Ooh, thanks, Mr. John Riasher. That was nice oh, of you. Oh, thank you so much. Over to Grunger, Damien, Tyrell, Solo Bootsy, and Richard. Thank you so much. 
Uh, Eric Cartman, member for 11 months in early access, uses their member chat to say, just want to say, hi, hi, Toffee, hi, Toffee's co-hosts. I like that. That's Toffee, nice. Someone wants to say hi. <laughs> this rope bone is, uh, has an artificial beef smell infused with it, and it, now it's all I can smell. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. Uh, Jackson Jewell... <laughs> Gives four ninety nine and says, "What game type would be the best AI made game?" Well, as I say, a puzzle just, game. You can just like put out uh, something like Destiny Two. That's just same shootouts forever. I think some people were mad that you were saying live service games can't be art. Some people were not happy with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, I was uh, looking on Reddit for the response. And uh, there was like a thread on that top on that video with 400 replies to it. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to look at that. I am absolutely not going to look at that. And I feel like my day will be much improved. Hey, still relevant though. Still got it. Yeah, there you go. I can still rile them up uh, when the thought occurs. I mean, really, <laughs> I was, I mean, I don't, uh, you know. Uh, art is a difficult debate, but my main intention was to spark conversation on the subject. I don't, I don't uh, genuinely believe like it's a hard and fast rule that art has to be a capsule of history. I, I think it's fun to get people talking about it, though, and uh, I consider yeah. that mission accomplished. There you go. People get uh, very angry when someone has an opinion that is not shared with them. People do not. People are not happy when that happens. Only on the internet, though. I mean, I feel like if you if it comes up in real life, people are usually fairly level-headed about it. Yeah, and also, like, who cares if someone has a different opinion? I don't know. Yeah. Someone fucking likes Pokemon, and I don't know. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Like whatever you want. Unless We're... it's murder. Don't like murder. Yeah, that's not good. Well, even that, you know. You know, maybe that could finally solve the overpopulation crisis. Oh, that's like, that's like Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> don't rant, don't murder specific people, because that's genocide. Just rant, just murder mm -hmm. random people. Just like, make it a lottery thing. I think there was a joke like a lot in of books about that. There was, a, I think, Ross Scott made a joke in Freeman's mind once, where he said, uh, "The lottery shouldn't be just like one person winning a million dollars. It should be one person w uh, make, uh, wins a million dollars and one person gets sold into slavery. That's a much better risk reward scenario." I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't actually like it. That's that's bad. I don't like it. But I can. Uh, Will Cooling gives two pounds and says, "Did you ever watch Threads? Nuclear drama from the '80s?" No, I didn't watch it myself. Probably a bit before my time, but. Uh, I know of it. People keep bringing it up. It was a very gritty depiction of a nuclear bomb going off in like 80s era England. There was a lot of graphic scenes. I think there was a lady who pissed herself. Yeah, I, I, I've also never seen it, but I know it was um, pretty uh, uh, pretty highly regarded for, especially TV in the mid 80s, um, sort, of sort of pushing like, boundaries that yeah. very few things did at the time. It was sort of like a scared straight thing for governments. They were, they were trying uh, to scare yeah. governments straight. So this yeah, is what happens yeah, if was... you drop a nuclear bomb on us, you bastards. Yeah, reefer madness, but for uh, but for uh, the arms race. Yeah. SPS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, AI creating stories is only a matter of time. People used to think AI could never create art, and we have those right now at an incredible level. I know, I've seen it. It's crazy. People are just treat yeah. treating it as a toy at the moment, but uh, at some point it's going to stop being an amusing novelty, and then it's just going to be used everywhere without anyone mentioning they're using it, and you won't yeah. even notice. Dun, dun, dun. 
Uh, Andrew Higginbottom gives five pounds and says, Oh no, renowned visionary David Cage is Wisconsin become human is becoming reality. I would love to play a game that David Cage made set in Wisconsin. I would love that. Why would you have like slave androids that look exactly like humans? <laughs> I mean, for one thing, if it was just like a, you know, a robot octopus, it would have so much uh, greater capacity for chores. Uh, you just wait until his uh, tale in the Star Wars universe is uh, the greatest thing since Empire Strikes Back. <clears throat> and we've got robot cleaners. They look like little thumbtacks that move along the ground. Yeah, I was. I feel like having the robot slaves look like humans was just a bad idea. Just a bad yeah. idea, top to bottom. It's almost like he was trying to make a dumb, emotionally manipulative story. Mm. No, not him. He would On never the do that. dumbest imaginable level. Uh, Xavier Johnson gives four ninety nine and says the problem is that the AI training data is often taken from uncredited artists, almost never with permission. Yeah, well, no, that's definitely one just, of the big problems with like Dolly and stuff. It's not just the AIs doing that, though, is it? I mean, pretty much everyone on social media sharing comic strips from hardworking comic artists, uncredited everywhere. Yeah, even filthy rich people with massive reach like Elon Musk, and then they're like, what's the problem? I don't see the problem. Bunch of doofuses. What a cunt. I call them a doofus, you call them a cunt. It's great. Well, that's our dynamic. <laughs> Onyxia gives $5 and says, I look forward to listening to you guys every Tuesday, but I'm usually never awake to catch it live. Still a bit late, but want to show love. Thanks, guys. Onyxia, oh. where are you that it's Tuesday? Oh, yeah. Uh, Australia, I assume. Across the international, US dollars. Across dun, dun, the international dateline. Uh, thank you so much, Onyxia. That's really sweet of you. Well, we used to do Tuesday, but now we do it on Monday. We did. We used to do Tuesday because of, uh, uh, but then we moved because of. Uh, yes, because of Adventure is Nigh clashing, recording clash yeah. conflicts, etc. There you go. Uh, John Russell gives $15 and says nothing. Oh, but he's got a comment just under it, so I guess I'll read Ooh. that out. Hey, y'all. Been a Yahtzee stan since your Fable review. Appreciate all of Escapist's content and love Marty's wonderful calm presence. First live stream because work. Keep it up, y'all. Thank you. you, John. This is a couple people's first live streams. Do you live in Welcome, Texas, everybody. John Russell? Do you seem to be inserting y'all unnecessarily into things a lot? I put y'all. I use y'all a lot. I tend to say no like, worries a lot from living in Australia for 13 years. Oh my god, I say no worries a lot too, and I've never even been to Australia. Well, maybe it's not an Australian thing. Um, I feel like well, it's a one thing, thing. One thing I did pick up from Australian uh, dialect is uh, saying thanks instead of please like you don't say can i uh, can i get a beer please you say can i get a beer thanks oh like a pre-thanks and that's what that's, that's one early thing for a thanks. That, yeah that struck me as weird when i first encountered it but now i i do it as much as any australian uh, a couple of people are saying y'all uh, they use y'all because it's it's replaced guys it's just non-gendered which i think is pretty good okay when did stan nice. become a word when did stan become a word that means fan is it just rhyming uh, slang no, it's based on the Eminem song, Stan. This sounds like it's a lie, but it's not. Eminem had a, a single in like the early 2000s called Stan. Yeah, yeah. That was about like a fan who went insane. Uh, huh. And then I think that that term was co-opted online as like someone who would, a Stan is like someone who would murder for a fictional property. Well, that's reassuring to know I have Stans. Yeah. 
John Connor gives uh, five Canadian dollars. It says, I'm a sub man, but I appreciate a well done dub. AI dubbing seems like the natural progression to a true de degenerative palette. I was worried that he said he was going to be, I'm a sub man, but I appreciate a well done dub. And I was like, oh no, subs and doms, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, dubbing seems like the natural progression to true degenerative. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dub man personally. Really? Um, I, I guess I prefer subs. I think it's, uh, uh, I think, uh, dubbing has gotten a lot better. Well, I think in... it depends. I think it depends. If I'm watching like, uh, Cromarty High School, I'd probably prefer to watch the dub because like straight comedy with subtitles kills all the comic timing for me because you read ahead of the speaker. If oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Um, yeah. I guess also, I, yeah, I never do dub in live action either. I guess I was only talking about anime, but like Squid Game, when it came out, you could watch it dubbed or subbed. And I definitely watch that subtitle because... Yeah, because dubbed on dubbed on live like dubbed on animation, you can sort of buy it. Dubbed on live action, no. Yeah, and especially a lot of the again, like anime dubbing has the the. the I mean, anime actors mouth animations is just a triangle opening and closing. And that could be anything. <laughs> this is true. Spontaneous sponge member for nineteen months in early access says beer is very good at replenishing electrolytes. See, Thank I you, guess that's what sponge. I was saying that I've. That I, uh, I usually find myself craving a nice, refreshing beer when I come in off of cycling. Yeah, and I feel like it's like a real, that, that first beer, a light beer, is like a real thirst quencher. Hmm. I'm not even sure what electrolytes are, but apparently they're good. They're in Gatorade, I know. That's, that's yeah, good. I know Gatorade has a lot of them. Yeah. I sort of accepted that face value, but, you know, if someone told me that such and such drink contained, you know, farty wrongy mides and uh, a lot of people would just go oh well i don't get enough farty rongamides and ask no questions about what farty rongamides are i don't think any of us ask questions about what electrolytes are is my point no no uh two three three ma underscore er gives 99 canadian cents and then their message is retracted Hmm, an AI donation. Ooh, spooky. Which I think it's fine. AIs could keep donating. Or maybe it was just a load of racism. Well, it wasn't deleted. It was retracted. Like, I can't hmm. I can't see it. If it was deleted, I'd be able to see it. And maybe they lost faith in themselves? Uh, that's happened. I definitely do that all yeah. the time. You should have more uh, uh, confidence in yourself. Two, three, three, mile. Yeah. Unless you're like a, a sex bot. And the, this is the new strategy for sex bots: give the lowest possible donation. Then Listen, to, to buy super chat. We'll take it. We'll take it. Toffee's pulling his rope bone off screen again. Uh, uh, Jason Tudor gives Canadian five dollars and says, "Speaking of AI-created essays, AI-created critical theory sounds awesome. The next Marx or Hegel will be powered by a fifty-eighty Ti. Hey, oh, I'm a critic." I don't need AIs taking over my job. I don't want AIs <laughs> writing extra punctuations. That's my, that's the place for my hot takes. Not the robots' hot takes. Yeah. Um, that joke is uh, 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 sadly going to become probably pretty relevant in like 20 years or so. 
Do you think that like we were listening to robot YouTube essayists giving like <sighs> randomly generated hot takes on the latest movies that were also randomly generated? Uh, there are YouTube essays that I've clicked into, and the VO is clearly a robot voice. And I'm like, yeah, some people do that. Like, this is so unlistenable to me. Yeah. See, some people like a voice that's a sort of uh, comforting drone. And there's a fine line between that and an AI voice. So some people just like go straight to the AI voice. Yeah. But some people don't mm. like that. It's like audible uncanny valleying. Yeah. Like people find my like slightly droning voice quite easy to listen to and comforting. If a lot of people watch my like four hour compilations to put themselves to sleep. And my audiobooks nice. do very well as, as well. well there you uh, go. Because people like my smooth and comforting voice. I should get a gig as a late night DJ. Ooh, smooth jazz. <laughs> taking you up to 6am. And now here's Benny Goodman and his orchestra with smooth jazz. We just need an escapist 24 hour uh, radio station. Oh, God. Everyone take shifts. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. 233 Ma'a. Again, gives six ninety nine Canadian dollars and says, speaking of SV, Starstruck Vagabond, I assume, will it be available in other languages? Is it a publisher's job or maybe some fan translation could be approved into the final game? See, this occurred to me recently and it occurred to me that I have coded the game really horribly for translations. Oh, no. Because I put like random text strings in like a hundred different bits of code. And what you're supposed to do is like refer to like an external file where you write all the text strings and then the translator can just uh, rewrite everything in that file. That's what I should have done. That's what I will yeah. do for my next project, I think. <laughs> you're too deep but then. for Starstruck Vagabond, um, I'm probably going to see if the publisher can pop it off on someone because I can't be asked. Yeah. Uh, Giga998, uh, welcome to Early Access. What? No chats though. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a bit burpy today. Ever since I started using my CPAP machine, I find I'm gassy in the mornings from all the air it's been pushing into it's my just, <laughs> yeah. It's just pumping you full of air all night, so there you go. Yes. My wife will tell you I'm very farty first thing in the morning these days. <laughs> the air's well, got to go somewhere. Well, quite. Uh, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars and finishes off his super chat that got cut off earlier, the one we thought might have been signaling the robot uprising, and says, always going to be a guy telling the robot how to do it right, not dead, just at work. All right, then. Well, that was, that was worth the wait. I'm glad Wesley's not dead. Uh, Sumalef gives two A dollars, still not sure what that is. Says, training my AI, can Yahtzee please say asparagus? There you go. Don't do it. Asparagus. Oh, shit, you already said it. Asparagus makes your wee-wee smell weird. It does, and it's really weird, and I don't know how that works. Yeah. Also, sometimes I've cooked asparagus, and it hasn't made my wee-wee smell weird. I think it's how you cook it. Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed no one super chatted about Nick's poopoos. We made a we made a simple call out for Nick's for to talk about Nick's poopoos and we never got it. The things that Nick shuns is Nick's business alone. <laughs> oh, A is just Australian dollar. I so think, A, are you sure? Because I would that would be AUD, wouldn't it? I mean, Sumaleth said that and they paid. That okay. was their chat. So well, I guess they'd know. <clears throat> 
clock communists gives £10. British. And God. says, just wait until neural networks get powerful enough to generate video on the fly. Then what stops us from having entire games being created on the fly, since they're just pictures on the screen? It's well, quite a few things. I, I mean, the games are a lot more than just pictures on the screen. They need to have AI and systems and react to player input and shit. Yeah. It's all very scary. I mean, slightly exciting, but also scary. I don't know, maybe people were just like, does every generation now have this thing of like, oh no, what's going to happen with this? Like the first people seeing computers or yeah. you know, the early days of the internet where people like, oh no, what's going to happen? Well, I think it was a famous science fiction writer who said the, the end goal of civilization is 100% unemployment. That's what I was uh, saying, you know, if we can just... Yeah. Uh, you know, do the transhuman thing, get everyone in robot bodies so we no longer have physical wants, then everything's cool. All problems over, everyone lives in paradise. Yeah, yeah. And then they go to the grocery yeah. store and robots are stuck in the shelf. There'll probably still be climate change, the world will probably still be horribly polluted, but hey, we can just redesign our bodies so we really like that kind of thing. Yeah, easy, you know, when, pe when people talk about how we should stop polluting the ocean, what we mean is we should stop making the earth disgusting for humans. Because there's a lot of shit, that, a lot of animals that thrive in polluted systems. Like oh, yeah. the fish that, that hang out under the sewage pipes and eat all the poo. Oh yeah, they love eating poo. They love Nick's poo-poo. So, you know, don't save the world for the world. Save the world for ourselves. Be selfish. We want, we, we, we want to live in nice clean oceans and nice green forests. That's what we want. The animals don't care. Fuck what they want. <laughs> Gee, I didn't think you were going to take such an anti-animal stance. That's surprising. I'm just saying a lot of people like frame, like frame the whole climate crisis wrong. They talk about it like it's saving the Earth. It's not. The Earth's fine. It's about saving ourselves. And the things that we like. It's not about tree-hugging. It's about person-hugging. Hug people. Make life, make the world nice for people to live in. That's okay, what people that's want. Like, it's kind of a nice, nice spin on that. It got slightly positive at the end. There you go. That's 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 my message to the climate messages of the world. Focus less on the tree hugging and more on telling people, hey, you can complete can you let's continue living the way you want and everything will continue being nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Slade plays games and uh, and uh, gives five dollars and says you get to remove one publisher from the industry who is it and how do things improve ea i don't want to remove i don't want to remove one i just want them to do better ea do, are okay. we removing them and all of their influence that they have ever had oh like erasing them from history and like yeah, all like red dwarf inquisitor style yeah, uh, but then we wouldn't get like Mirror's Edge. That was a cool game. I feel like I could sleep at night not having Mirror's Edge in the world. We wouldn't have. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't think of anything else, can you? There you go. Proves the point. Sports? Well, those sports. Everyone loves sports. We'd have sports without EA Sports. No, they, they created football. John Madden? What would happen to John Madden? Well, he, he died. He no one would die. remember who the fuck John Madden was. That's, that's We <laughs> certainly have to live with that. <laughs> Maybe we'd have never gotten the turducken. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I. But I, I don't want to remove anyone. I just want them to do better. Respawn made Titanfall. Titanfall two. You can't take Titanfall two away from us. Oh, fine. But they were just like a subsidiary of EA, right? So, uh, were, yeah. were they something? Maybe they'd EA... be able to make it under someone else. Like yeah, Activision. Did, did EA no. buy them? Uh, I don't think it was an in-house developer, was it? 
uh, well, Respawn was formed uh, because they were working at Infinity War on the Call of Duty games, and then they spun off and started Respawn, and then I believe EA eventually purchased them. Oh, uh, yeah, no Bioware, no Bio- no Mass Effect, no Dragon Age. Again, I, I feel games. like I could live without those as well. I don't care about those games. I'm sure a lot of people would be sad. Amy would be very sad. She anyway, again, much. Bioware like grew out of, you know, people... Uh, other uh, existing creators who came out of like the the Black Isle tradition, so that wasn't mm-hmm. strictly EA. Yeah, they'd have just found another publisher, preferably one that doesn't have hideous standards for its employees. Yeah, I don't want anyone to disappear. Just do better. Do better, everybody. Electronic Arts. They have the balls to put the word arts in there. <laughs> Anyway, EA has been like the, the the industry villain since like the Ultima days. Remember when uh, EA bought Ultima, like right before that all went through, there was like an Ultima game that basically cast EA as the big villain. Like, yeah, you had to find like three evil statues, and one of them was a cube, and one of them was a sphere, and one of them was a pyramid, which is which was the EA logo at the time. Pretty funny, yeah. Uh, and finally, Joseph Harris, member for three months in early access, says, had Yahtzee heard the AI of himself? Yes, I have. I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, three, and 330 Meyer said electronic farts, which I think is pretty good. What a beautiful note to end on. Thanks for watching Stroke Listening to Slightly Something Else, and thank you for all your super chats after I guilted you about it. It's the, it's the shit that helps keep going and making the content you love and the content we love to make instead of chasing algorithms. And don't forget, we also have a Patreon now, and that's an even better way to fund the content you love and the content we love to make, because we get a much bigger cut. We do, and we can use it on, uh, uh, on drugs. We use the money for drugs. We do love drugs. Yeah, very pro-drugs. And then uh, SVS Guru 2000 came in with a 10 euro super chat, as I was saying that, and says, nothing would really change. The same reasons and pressures would still exist, and the industry would go down the same path, just with different players. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, sadly. Like, uh, it's um, the same reason, like, uh, preventing the assassination of Franz Ferdinand probably wouldn't have prevented the First World War, because everything was, like, set up like a great big mousetrap machine, and everything was just waiting for the one thing that would set it all off. Yeah, yeah, and if it wasn't that, it'd be something else. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Uh, what else we got coming up this week, Marty? Uh, we have, in two hours from now at 3.30, uh, Jack and I will be back doing more Elden Ring. Uh, we had a rough week last week. It was the first, it was, the first, it was like the, the, the end of a second act, where Jack had really been beaten down, couldn't get past a couple bosses, but I have, I have a feeling Jack's going to come back now. Oh, Jack dear. will have a good week then. And then uh, later tonight at uh, 6 p.m. Central, uh, Casey and Jesse will be back with Hidden Gems. They're playing Arcade Paradise. Hmm, I think I know I that one. With a question mark. Um, it's like a game that I think simulates like an, a whole arcade. Oh, I've seen like, games like that. Simple. I've seen similar yeah. things. I actually don't know what the game's like, though. So Wait, is, no. was Arcade Paradise the arcade management game I remember seeing recently? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think it's first person. Hang on. Oh, uh, Nick said yes. Yes, that's the very one. I was looked at it and thought, oh, I might check that out. And then I didn't. Oh. So, uh, yeah, got other things to do. Going to play yeah. Proteus this afternoon. 
exactly. Not to be we, confused with Proteus, the game that came out like 10 years ago. That was an artsy yeah. fartsy indie. Well, not to be confused with Parodius, which is another entirely different game altogether, which I think it was a 16-bit shooter. We knew, we need new games. That's what we need, new games. Uh, and then tomorrow uh, we'll be back for the recap at noon, live talking about uh, the first three episodes of Andor and uh, new Rings of Power, new House of the Dragon, um, all sorts of exciting stuff this week. All the normal streams are going on this week. Uh, Casey will be back uh, Thursday evening. We'll be starting Metal Gear Solid Four, which Ooh. that'll be a fun one to stream. The much requested Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah, people were really like, we need more monkeys and diapers. And that's we're going to give that, you all monkeys and diapers. That's a great game to stream because you switch it on and then, you know, kick, put your feet up and kick back for two hours. It's going to be great. We're going to get paid to just watch watch cutscenes. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you could try to MST3K riff a bit. There you go. Well, and also, like, like that game is uh, very good at tying a lot of weird loose ends from 1, 2, and 3. And 1, 2, and 3 are so fresh in our minds. So I think Casey's going to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feels like a, mainly a sequel to Metal Gear Solid 2, that one. Uh, yeah, but it, it brings back characters from 1 and, and 3. And I think it does a, does a decent job of, of, in theory, ending the franchise that did not end then. Yeah, in the theory, um, uh, with the emphasis there. Yeah, uh, and Gustavo asks, "Is Adventure is Night coming back this week?" Uh, no, it is coming back next week. Uh, it'll be, I believe, the eighth for members. Witty. Uh, uh, that'll be and, that'll be side quest. That won't be Yahtzee's Adventure is Night. Yahtzee's yeah, Adventure is Night will be doing, after that. Doing three episodes of side quest, and then after that, we'll be back to the rest of season two. Yeah, which should, that'll probably be early November, mid-November, yeah. before so Thanksgiving. The dream team comes back. Because SideQuest, of course, is a, has an all-new team. It does. An all-new team in the same universe, doing things sort of uh, parallel to the Yeah, yeah, and who campaign. knows, going forward, maybe maybe certain members of one will interact with the other. But the classic team of Grindabin, Dabarella, Sigmar, and Mortimer return after that. You said their names so quickly. Well, I've, I'm so invested in the series because I like making it so much. That was that was really good. I can tell I think, you enjoyed making. I'd like to think we've got a good four-person chemistry. You do. I was. I've been reading up on um, formulas for sitcoms, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a standard formula that comes up a lot in the sitcom writing that's uh, called matriarch, patriarch, craftsman, and clown. Where okay. these are the four roles that the four main characters of a sitcom plot take. The patriarch is like the driving force whose uh, agenda is in play. The matriarch is the sort of, you know, reasonable figure, the soft place to land for the other characters. Uh, the craftsman is the person, is the character who aspires for something new and better, and the clown is just the clown, the comic relief, who's just sort of having fun on the side of things. And if you consider the average sitcom plot, uh, you'd be surprised how many of them fit into that uh, strategy. Where do the four of you fit into that? Well, the thing about that thing is that it's sort of the the roles can change from plot to plot. Yeah. Oh, but, that makes sense. Because yeah. I was trying to think four... of like Seinfeld and I was like, oh, depending on the episode, yeah, the four yeah. of them can be different people. Yeah, the roles get sort of switched around from plot to plot. But I think I think we pull off Matriarch, Patriarch, Craftsman and Clown pretty well in our adventures. Mm -hmm. I think so too. All right. Well, that's me banged on for a bit while. Don't forget Zero Punctuation on Wednesday. It'll be on the subject of Splatoon 3 and another game that's thematically a good counterpoint to Splatoon.
So, this is a uh, cleanup detail. So you'll have to tune into the Escapist site or watch it on YouTube if you're a member. Otherwise, you'll have to wait till next week to watch it on YouTube. And then you'll have a new uh, extra punctuation on Thursday for members, correct? Yes. And don't forget the post-CP stream on Wednesday as well from 1pm Pacific time. Uh, I think that'll be it. Excellent. So thanks for watching. Uh, here's Toffee again, my adorable doggy. You might have seen him earlier being silly. He's ready for his walk. Hey Toffee, do you want to go for a walk? Ready for walkies? Oh. Ready for walkies? Walk, walk. <laughs> Don't lick the inside of the mouth, please. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get on with that. And I'll, then I'll get my lunch. And then I might uh, chill out for a bit. Uh, but none of you need to see that. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody.